This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode 27 of the Illuminate podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'll be your host today. We are almost through February, guys, which means that spring is around the corner. For many of us, spring means warmer weather, and who can be upset about that? But no matter where you live, spring also often means a fresh start. If spring cleaning is on your to-do list, today's episode is for you. And even if spring cleaning is the furthest thing from your mind, this episode may change your perspective. Today, we're talking with Indianapolis-based organizer, The Bear Minimalist. Mariah Bear helps clients reorganize their spaces, declutter their lives, and find a better way to be organized and styled. Now, the topic of organization and minimalism is a hot one in today's society. We've seen this ring true with popular television shows like The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Our guest today sheds some light on this trend of organizing, And she also encourages us to think not only about what we're getting rid of, but what we're buying in the first place. Do you need it? Do you really need it? What would life look like if we bucked the consumer-driven culture we live in today? Well, we're going to talk about it. Enjoy this episode with The Bare Minimalist. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on the Illuminate podcast today. And we are here with Mariah Bear. Mariah, thanks so much for being here. I am so excited to be here, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here. We've been talking about this for a couple months, Yeah. Now, right? Doing this interview yep. after you came and changed my whole life at my house, Yes. <laughs> which we're going to talk about soon. But just to sort of level set with everyone, I want to talk about how we know each other and a little bit of background. So we met in Women for Riley, an organization that we both volunteer in. Mm-hmm. And you're my, you're kind of my boss in that organization. A little bit. <laughs> the committee chair. <laughs> yes. For social media. And we'll talk a little bit about Women for Riley later, but that's how Mariah and I met this past summer. Yes. Yep. Um, and then of course I used your services, which we'll get into, but tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, your family. Sure. So I grew up in Minnesota, about 20 minutes east of the Twin Cities, and ended up at the University of North Dakota for college, where I actually majored in television broadcasting. Me too. Similar path. (laughs) Um, But my junior year, I did something extremely uncharacteristic, and I decided to study abroad, which I think surprised everyone that knew me well. That was not ever part of my plan, and I'm a very I plan everything in my life. So, as you will all come to find yeah. out shortly. <laughs> yes. So, I was walking through the union one day and there was a study abroad fair going on. And I was just so intrigued. I had never traveled out of the country, I'd never even seen the ocean at that point and thought, I really think that this would be very worthwhile to just broaden my horizons and um, experience something different. So I decided if I was going to do that, I really needed to go somewhere where I would be totally out of my comfort zone. I didn't really want to study abroad with a bunch of friends from college. I wanted to just push myself out of my boundaries. So I decided on New Zealand, perks being they spoke English, but it was about as far away as I could go. What is the flight to New Zealand? It's about 13 hours from LA. So it's a long day of travel for sure. It's a place on my bucket list. But for the reason of the travel, it's been pushed back because it's just, I mean, that's a long travel, especially when you have little kids. I feel like we need to wait till they're a little older. Yes. And now that I know you've been there and know the lay of the land, you can give me all your cheat sheets. Oh, I love talking to people about New Zealand. It is truly my favorite place in the world. Wow. So that was March 2005 or February 2005 when I went over there. And about six weeks later, I met a very handsome Hoosier, Tyler, and he was a Butler student, but also studying abroad. And we happened to live in the same apartment building. And we started dating and, you know, came back for our senior year of college, many, many hours and, you know, travel apart from each other. 
but we did continue to date. And so I moved here after graduating in 2006. And uh, we've been together now for 15 years, which is wild. Uh, married for 10. And next week, we will have 11-month-old twin babies, Henrik and Luna. So our life is, um, you know, it, it went down a very different path than I ever could have, you know, predicted for myself when I was in high school or college, but I am so happy with how everything has turned out. I know. Isn't it better that our lives didn't turn out the yes. way that they, because I was going to be a prosecuting attorney living in Manhattan, never getting married and definitely never having kids. Yes. And that didn't Look happen. At you. Look at you. <laughs> Things changed. So you had never been to Indiana or had you visited no. here before, before you Honest, met Tyler? No, I didn't even really know. Does Ohio come first? Does Indiana is we always argue, is is North Dakota part of the Midwest? Is Minnesota? He feels like Indiana certainly is, and, and I've come to agree with him on that. So um, had never been here before, but visited quite a bit during my senior year of college. So Right. And so you guys got married, decided to live in Indiana, though. You didn't mm -hmm. go back. So mm -hmm. how'd you win that battle? He won, he the won battle, that battle. For yeah. sure. He yeah. won the battle. But I was offered a couple of news reporter jobs in North Dakota, but he's a financial advisor and uh, was, you know, kind of struggling to find his path there. And ultimately, we knew we didn't want to spend forever in North Dakota. So we just decided that Indy would be a better place to kind of start our lives together. We do have so many common backgrounds because I have also majored in broadcast journalism. And then my whole family, brother, father, um, uncle, they're all financial advisors. Funny. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting how those paths kind of intertwine. Yes. Okay. So you guys lived in Indiana for about 14 years yes. before deciding to have children. Yes. And there's some, there was some strategy behind that, right? I mean, children weren't necessarily part of the plan. You know, they were always on the table. I feel like we talked about it a ton at nauseum. Um, he really, really wanted kids. And I would continue to say, let's revisit this in six months or let's go on one more vacation and then we'll talk about it. Um, so the second kind of very spontaneous thing that happened, I would say, to you know pave a very different path for what I thought my life would be was we ended up getting pregnant without really having that conversation again. So it, it just sort of happened. And we found out at about five weeks that I was pregnant, went in for that eight-week ultrasound. And then found out we were having twins, which was the biggest shock of our lives. I would, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I always joke that, you know, I would say that I would pray that I was able to have children and, and that I was given them one at a time mm -hmm. because I feel like having twins would have been, uh, like you said, a big surprise. It is, but also... For those that know me well, they're like, there's no better person this could have happened to because on so many levels, I'm very organized. And so I feel like having twins just makes a lot of sense for us. It was one pregnancy. Now I have these two babies. And then the minute they grow out of things, I'm ready to, you know, move it on to another family in need or, or you know, consign it or whatever. So my house remains somewhat clutter free at this point. That is true. Yeah. You're not having to hold it thinking, oh, we may have, because you guys don't want, at this point, you're not planning to have more. Right? No. Yeah. So you're not thinking, oh, I better save this for the next. Right. Yeah. <laughs> where, which is what we have done. And now finally that we are on baby number three, we're entering that get rid of it, get rid of it, yep. get rid of it stage. So that's, it's a great feeling. Yes. Um, so Henrik and Luna, yes. adorable little names. How did you guys come up with Henrik and Luna? So I am Scandinavian. And so we really wanted to go with Scandinavian names. And we looked through a lot of names, uh, one that I loved for a potential son. We didn't know what we were having until the day they were born. Yay. Yes. That's the way we so, did it too. Such a cool surprise. But um, one of the names I loved was Anders. But being in Indiana, we thought that might go and be kind of butchered and he would be called Anders. So as someone whose name is Mariah, but spelled like Maria, I really didn't want to do that to my own child. So we were chatting with uh, my husband's brother, and he said, I really don't know any Scandinavian names, but there is this Swedish golfer named Henrik Stenson. And 
from that moment, I was like, Henrik, if we have a boy, Henrik is our boy name. I love it. Yes. And then we continued to comb these Scandinavian lists for girl names. And Luna popped up on one. I don't think it is actually a Scandinavian name, but I thought those names sounded adorable together. And John Legend is also my favorite musician and his daughter's name is Luna. So oh, wow, just, I didn't realize that. Yeah, That's him and Chrissy cool. Teigen. So I, I mean, names are so fun and I yeah. love stories behind names. Yes. So yeah, Henrik and Luna are definitely unique. But at the same time, you know, there are some names that are unique and they're unique because they're just weird. And then <laughs> Henrik and Luna are unique and adorable. Right. And we so. also refer to them as our pair of bears, which Aww. is... <laughs> Why is that? Well, there's two and our last name, Bear. Okay. So <laughs> it took me a minute. Oh, yes. Your pair of bears. That's so yeah. cute. And your last name we're going to talk about because it's really played a role in your business yes. and the name, name of your business, Bear Minimalist. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute. So I guess we'll go backwards to when you were living here. You weren't, you didn't start out owning your own business. No. What did you start out doing? So I started at a company that did meeting planning for pharma. So I planned a lot of meetings and events, some incentive trips for Lily and Roche. And I did that for about three and a half years. And then I went into sales in the tech world in Indianapolis. I worked for Angie's List, huge company. Then I ended up going to a very small startup where I was the sixth employee and um, led the sales initiative there. And after working for somebody who was so passionate as a leader and working very closely with her to kind of see the day in and day out, I realized how much of myself I was pouring into this company. And as a three on the Enneagram, I, I, to the threes. I, know, I realized, you know, there's some security about working for somebody else, but I really want to be the person that is in charge of my own life and utilizing my, you know, driven achiever personality to do something that I otherwise really couldn't do if I continued to work for someone else. You know, again, kind of going back to that, our parallel lives, I Mm -hmm. also am a three on the Enneagram and Mm -hmm. on my own business. And I feel like there comes a point, especially when you have children where you just realize that I really have to be super mindful with the way that I'm spending my day, especially if I'm going to be away from them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that was one of your reasons for wanting to be on your own. Yeah. So I started my business long before I was pregnant, actually. Well, a year and a half before I found out I was pregnant. So that wasn't necessarily the biggest factor was like wanting to be at home, but that's certainly a really nice byproduct. So all the work I do happens for the most part in a client's home. So if a client needs to reschedule for whatever reason, I then have this amazing, you know, four hour time block that I don't really have anything else scheduled for, but to spend those hours with my kids doing something really fun. But it's also given me just immense flexibility, I think, to continue to do something that I'm so passionate about, but also be much more present as a mom now that I do have kids. I mean, as as a sales director, I worked around the clock because, again, I just am that type of person. Like, I never stop thinking about what I can do better and, you know, how I can close this deal and, and make my proposal sound more intriguing. And so it's very nice to just kind of own every facet of the business, although that's certainly overwhelming at times too. But I do feel like I have more balance than I would have had I continued to work for someone else. Right. Balance doesn't exist. No, it does not. More balance. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about what you do. Yeah. Um, You changed my life, Mariah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but you definitely made things better in the whole Apple house. So um, what do you do? So I help Indianapolis families organize and stylize their spaces. So that's kind of the short elevator pitch of what I do. But what I get to do on a daily basis is go into people's homes and really understand what is causing them stress, whether that's, you know, a, a pantry that's overflowing and doesn't have a system. And, you know, there's six people sharing that space and tapping into it every day. Or, you know, a, a working mom who is spending way too much time getting ready in the morning because her closet is just it's kind of a disaster. You know, she doesn't know what she has and it's not organized. We get to go through that space together and and make it function for her. So I work a lot in pantries, closets, kids' spaces, 
obviously as as working moms and certainly for stay-at-home moms as well your kids are constantly growing their needs are changing their you know possessions are changing and it's really hard to stay on top of those things i think so I'm able to come in and, and kind of rescue people from from some of the things that just continue to sit on their to-do list and really cause a ton of stress in their lives. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I contacted you back in the fall was that I had this storage room that we actually have the way that our basement's configured. We actually have three storage spaces, but one room that was our biggest and it had just gotten completely out of control. As you saw, mm-hmm. it became a dumping ground. And honestly... Uh, such a, a source of stress. It, and that sounds mm-hmm. silly, right? I mean, it shouldn't, but it does sound silly that a room in your house could cause you stress because look, there is a lot of a lot worse things in the world. Mm-hmm. But is that what you find with your clients? Yeah. I mean, I think that even for really organized people, there is always some space in their home that could function better for them. I am very intrigued by the concept of minimalism, hence the name of my business. But I would say I am certainly a work in progress on that front. You would not walk into my house and think, oh gosh, she has nothing in here. Like we, we still have stuff, but I'm kind of going for this cozy minimalist vibe. But I think being fascinated by that type of lifestyle, it's changed the way I shop, the way I've consumed, you know, I consume things. I rent a lot of my clothes now um, instead of buying because clutter really, it prohibited me from doing work. I would say like, I'm the type that I could never sit down at a messy desk and start working. I would have to clean it off first. And I think a lot of people are like that and some people aren't. But if you're not, you're probably married to somebody that is. And so I, I feel like it can cause a lot of tension in relationships as well. So that's something that I, I get to see just like the joy on, on people's faces when they have a spouse that is, you know, pleased with maybe this project that they've knocked off the to-do list. Well, and one thing that I really liked when you came and helped us declutter our space was that you left with tips to keep it going, Mm -hmm, right? So one mm -hmm. of the things you helped us do was we have a ton of wreaths because we put a wreath on our on each window of our house at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always changing the wreaths on the doors. And so we have like an embarrassing amount of wreaths, but you helped me figure out a way to store them so that then when we probably got more if, mm-hmm. or changed them out, we wouldn't just be throwing the new ones on the floor. Again, it sounds, if you're not an organized person or you don't care about organization, it may sound like, well, that's silly. Why do you even care about that? But when the room that you're walking into that's part of your home that you're mm-hmm. using every day mm-hmm. is organized and neat, for me, it does alleviate stress. Isn't it that? Does. It's kind of strange, though, that it does. Yeah. I mean, but I think it makes so much sense. You know, I, I think we're all, you know, you, you want your house to look a certain way when visitors come, but you have to live in your house. And so, Maybe you have an interior designer help you create this beautiful living space, but I would say they rarely are touching, you know, maybe the insides of cabinets or the inside of a pantry or, you know, the inside of your closet. And so that's where I really try to work with clients to figure out exactly how the space is used, figure out their goals for the space. I don't, you know, an example might be a person reads The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, yeah. and then they decide, I'm going to file fold all of my you know, children's clothes. But that's a very time-consuming process. And so for a lot of clients, myself included, that is not how I want to spend my time. So I hang all of my kids' clothes in the closet. Every single thing, including their pajamas, are hung in the closet which makes my life easier. So I don't believe there's this one size fits all solution. And that's where it's really nice to come into my clients' homes, get to know their goals and just how they function in a space before making any recommendations on whether or not we need product to enhance it. Yeah. And I think you touched on something there too with um, freeing up time to do other things. Mm -hmm. So back Mm -hmm. to the storage room that was a monster. It took you about six hours. Yeah. And you had my input. I was working upstairs and I would come down and yes, keep that. and No, don't keep Mm -hmm. that. And I want Mm -hmm. that like this. But it's done now. And honestly, it would have taken my husband and I like big chunks on various weekends to get it done. And Mm -hmm. now we get to spend that time doing something else. Yeah. And so for the purposes of our podcast, the Illuminate podcast, I think that is illuminating. Yes. So in terms of freeing up time, I feel like a lot of my clients have said, you know, I'm 
almost paralyzed by the clutter or the length of my to-do list, the projects that I have. And I think in a lot of cases, they're waiting for that weekend when, you know, the, the kids go off to grandma and grandpa's and, you know, they have their spouse there with them and they can just tackle all of this. But that weekend is probably never going to come. I mean, there's always going to be things on the calendar that prevent you from, you know, tackling some of these projects. And so I think that when clients book time with me, they have it on their calendar. I think time blocking is so important just in terms of being organized from a scheduling (laughs) standpoint. Um, But I think that when they have this time, they greet me at the door and they're ready for it. You know, they've, they've kind of geared up for it. And so we make a ton of progress. I mean, with the decisive client, we make a ton of progress uh, during a, you know, half day session. And then what I, the service that I really love providing to my clients is I have a donation guide that's available on my website. And then I also have physical copies at several locations around town. But there are so many deserving charities and organizations around town that are just clamoring to get their hands on maybe it's prom dresses or suits for women and men reentering the workforce. Animal shelters are always looking for towels and linens and things that they can put down in cages and Coburn places setting up apartments for people in domestic violence situations. And so I think for a lot of us, we hold on to items because we just feel guilty getting rid of it. But in turn, it makes us feel guilty every time we look at it, you know, when it's sitting there in our closet. Maybe it's how much, you know, money we spent on it or it was a gift from someone, but we don't love it. And so I think by providing people with these resources, it kind of frees them up to donate those items, which is huge. And then I take all of that stuff offsite for them and, and get it into the right hands, which I think is, it makes sure those items never get back in the space as well. <laughs> it is a valuable service. I would say that that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about our session was that we got rid of so many things. And it was good for my kids to see that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got rid of a lot of toys mm-hmm. um, and clutter and things that they had, you know, broken things and puzzle pieces mm-hmm. that that they weren't playing with anymore. And right. and we did it right before Christmas. And so it was nice to say to them, we're giving these toys. I'm not suggesting you give broken toys to another child, but st- we're giving toys away that we didn't play with, that we don't play with anymore. And someone else can use these or, you know, these are no longer even fun for us because they're too young or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So it's a good lesson in that regard, as opposed to just throwing it in the, tr- in the trash. Yeah. And I think that if you can teach your kids young, I feel like a lot of parents will say, before we start working together, they'll say, how can kids be organized? I mean, they're all over the place. They're little tornadoes, you know, pulling out every toy. But I I think if you can teach them where items go, it is amazing what they can keep up. I mean, they learn all sorts of things all day. So who's to say that they can't learn how to be organized? But if you tell them to go clean their room and they don't know where items are supposed to go then it's no wonder that they have a challenging time completing that task. So I think that that's kind of important for me to empower my clients to let them know, yes, your kids probably aren't going to color code their books when they put them away. But if they know where the books go, they should be able to, you know, get those put away. Them back. Yeah. So how has, you know, the culture today changed your business with these uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, well, there's hoarders, right? That show, and then there's the life of the what is the life changing life- magic of tidying of up, tidying yes. up, and then there's the book, the um, bare minimalist or the um, the minimalist. I'm just but- butchering all of that, but yes, thank maybe you. I'll write a book someday. <laughs> you should, <laughs> but just the minimum, yeah, the minimalist, yeah. yeah. It, so it does seem like that's sort of a buzz right now. Has that impacted your business, if at all? Yeah, I think that it has drawn a lot of attention to the fact that this is a service that you can hire somebody to help you with. I looked into starting an organizing business because this has always been a passion of mine back in 2012. And there was a there is a National Association of Professional Organizers. So if you don't live in Indianapolis, um, that's a great place to look to find an organizer in your area. But I didn't feel like 
people really realized at that point that this was, you know, a service provided. So it's it's not a cleaning service, although I certainly, you know, leave spaces cleaner than than when I came in. It's also not interior design, although I do feel like style is is a big piece of what I do, you know, making things look nice on the shelves and attractive even if it is behind a, you know, closet door. But I feel like with Marie Kondo and then the minimalists and hoarders as well. I mean, there is a buzz around just, I think, living a clutter-free life, leaving a less of a carbon footprint out there, and just being mindful about what you're purchasing. Even though we live in this you know, very consumer-focused uh, society as well. So it's very interesting, I think. And you do more than just organize rooms. You also organize people's lives in terms of scheduling and planning or calendars or no? Um, a little bit. I would say that that's not my specialty, although I'm always happy to give tips on things that have worked well for me. But I think that, you know, a, a mom of, you know, six kids probably needs something different than, you know, a, just a dual income household with no children when it comes to how they manage calendars and things like that. So in that respect, I, I kind of only know what works for me, but I'm always happy to give tips. You obviously are a very organized person. Yes. So give us some tips on just the day-to-day. Like, What are some of the ways that you do stay organized? If you guys could see Mariah right now, you'd see that she is adorable in this like super fashionable sweater and her really cute glasses and lipstick. I mean, you're always put together. Thank you. And that's not easy. So how do you stay organized? What are some tips that you would give people? Well, first of all, I would say that I have tried very hard to simplify my life, especially since having kids. But I feel like really looking at the commitments that I have and determining if it's worth my time. Um, the people that I spend time with are the people I really want to be spending time with. I, I used to say yes to just about anything. And I, I think when you're in a sales role and certainly owning your business, it, there's a sales element to that as well. But it was like, I was open to you know meeting with anybody and going to happy hour with anybody because you never know what relationships they might introduce you to and that sort of thing. But I think since having kids, I mean, our, our nights out are few and far between. So I'm very selective about what I say yes to. Time blocking is something I mentioned. And I my calendar looks crazy. My husband is terrified when he sees it, but I block in my workouts. I block in, you know, time to read before bed. I, you know, everything is on there. Okay. So talk time blocking. So, cause people may not know what that sure. means. So, so tell us what that means. Literally putting on my calendar, the hour that it takes or 30 minutes to work out each day that sits on my calendar as something that I'm committed to doing. Um, little things like opening my mail, paying bills, that sort of thing. I have reminders on my calendar. I don't necessarily have those as calendar appointments. People will laugh at this, but I even have like water my plants on Friday on my calendar. So that that's awesome. Because otherwise that you wouldn't get remember. done. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have changed toothbrush every six months. There you go. I think, or maybe it's supposed to be less than that, but I do. I always yes. change it out and I have it on my calendar. Yep. yep. So I, I have like a home maintenance calendar that my husband and I share and it is all the, you know, change the furnace filter, refill the water, you know, softener, salt, those types of things that I just honestly don't have the capacity in my brain to remember all of that. And so I'm diligent about writing everything down. I think that's freeing too, to free up brain space. Yes. I mean, freeing because it just literally does free up your brain space, but also just emotionally, it just feels good to be like, okay, that's written down. I can forget it. Yep. What are some of your tips for getting out the door on time? Do you have this? Just because, I'm yeah, just asking so this now, has been really interesting yeah. since having kids. Right. Um, well, yeah, because they don't know the meaning <laughs> of the word like hurry up. Or, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So I would say my husband is notoriously early for things, which I'm very lucky to be married to somebody like that. So he is never like the reason for us, you know, being laid out the door. But We just always are kind of looking at the next day and making sure that we are as prepared as possible. So he takes his lunch to work a lot of days. I pack my, you know, backpack that has all my client supplies in it the night before. Those things sit by the door. And yeah, I mean, my closet is, I think people would assume that I have a lot of clothes because I do love clothes. But like I said, I've been renting my wardrobe lately. 
from Newly, which is Anthropologies. Oh, okay. We'll have to link that. Yes, in the show please notes. do. It's Anthropologies Clothing Rental Company. And so it allows me to still have a lot of fun with fashion, but not fill up my closet with things that you're only going to wear once that I would only wear once. So with regard to that, I always look, you know, the month the month coming up, what events do I have and that sort of thing when I'm making my purchases. And then now, I mean, I have a very specific uniform that I wear when I work in clients' homes. So that makes the mornings a lot easier. And then with the kids, we just, the, you know, when we come home from church on Sunday, we repack the diaper bag for the next time. So I'm never wondering, like, do I have diapers in the diaper bag? It's always packed right when we come back in the door so that it's set for the next time we leave. Okay. Do you feel like, because I have some um, friends and one of them is, is one of my podcasts hosts, Emily, sure. I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, do you feel like that allows time for relaxation? Because so, so like Emily or others, I'm calling you out, are, you know, like very big on wanting to make sure they have downtime and relaxation time. And sometimes I feel like I'm so focused on like what you said, sure. on making sure everything's ready for the next day that I'll go to bed and everything is ready for the next day, but I haven't had time to just sort of sit and watch TV without doing something else. Yeah. I mean, I have a very hard time sitting still. I always have. I really don't watch TV, but I've gotten back into reading. So I do feel like I set aside time each day to... Our kids also go to bed at 6.15. So, you know, I get that time with my husband to make dinner and, you know, take that time for myself at the end of the night to read for 20 minutes before I go to bed super early. Um but yeah, I, d- I do feel like there is time. But again, I think that's because I've simplified other aspects of my life. We don't have a huge house. So I feel like it's it takes us 10 minutes to pick it up at the end of the night. And my husband also knows, you know, kind of the, the home for everything. So it's not that job does not just fall on me. We kind of share that responsibility. So I, I feel like those are some of the reasons why I do have that time for myself and for him and for my kids at the end of the day. It's because I've simplified a lot of other aspects. Yeah, I think that's great. And for me, and you probably are the same, that I feel relaxed when I'm organized. I just do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could put an hour on the calendar to sit and watch TV. I could you know, log that in for my time block. But if I don't have things ready for the next day, the whole hour will be spent thinking about how I don't have things ready for the next day. And that's yeah. not relaxing. No, it's not. And and I always take time at the end of the night to write my, you know, just write all my thoughts down. Normally that's to-dos, but I feel like as someone who did meeting planning for a long time, I mean, you're always just running through all the logistics of life in your head. And so I do take that time to kind of always have a to-do list. A lot of it lives on my phone as kind of all-day free appointments on my calendar so that I know, you know, just everything that needs to be accomplished and those can certainly be moved to the next day. But to see them written down gives me a ton of peace. (laughs) Yeah. I I read somewhere that we have between six and 90,000 thoughts a day running through. I'm I'm on the 90 (laughs) range there. I feel like, and my husband calls me monkey brain because I'm always like, Hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? None of those things have anything to do with each other. But yeah, I think whatever your system is, it seems to be working. I think it's great that you're instilling those ideas and that service into other people. Yeah. Okay. So tell us it without naming a name. Can you give us a really either fun or like you guys would not believe this house and maybe it's the whole Apple storage room, um, (laughs) but like a, a project that you could tell us about? Sure. I mean, I have so many different projects. I think people assume that you might only need an organizer if you're going through a major life change. And that certainly is oftentimes when people reach out to me initially. Um, is if they've, you know, maybe they've gotten married and they're combining two households or they're having a baby or, you know, in in some situations it's someone's passed away. Maybe it's a a parent has passed away. And now that client of mine is getting all of the items from their parent and having to decide what to do with them. So there's a lot of different reasons, but it doesn't have to be a, you know, kind of this like, massive life change that prompts you to call someone to help organize. I I think some of the most fun projects are, you know, move-ins, people that are getting ready to move out of a space. I love a blank slate. I love working with clients who 
kind of just let me run with it after they've given me their thoughts on what's staying in the space. It's really nice to be able to get really creative with product and just the overall look. But yes, I mean, I could share a lot of stories, but I try and keep all that stuff pretty confidential. Yeah. And you do ask for your clients to do a little bit of um, homework on the front end in some cases, at least if you did they're for willing. Us. Yes. If they're willing. Some people say, don't assign me homework. I'm not going to get this done. And, and with that being said, I'm happy to offer a white glove service from start to finish. But in other cases, people have the time available. They just need a little direction. Or, you know, they're trying to figure out maybe they just expense wise, how, how can I cut down on the cost of you being here? How can I make the most of your time? So I'm always happy to build shelving, but sometimes a client's going to do that in advance. Or in your case, we needed some product and, and we knew that from me seeing photos of your basement. We knew we needed some nice shelving to put down there. And for your wreath storage, we used a garment rack, which is such a cool idea. Um, and it, I think it's functioning really well for you and keeping those wreaths in really good shape. So we knew that. So I kind of let you know this is what needs to be ordered. And, and you took on that piece yourself. Certainly, clients can go through the space and decide what's going to stay and what's going to go. But I can tell you, a client I had a couple of weeks ago, I, I walked into her beautiful closet and she had a small trash bag of things that were set aside for donation. And when we finished, and this really, this was all on her, but, but I, she said just having me there like made her look at things with a different eye. We had three of those huge like yard-sized trash bags full of items that were going to be consigned. We had another couple bags full for donation. And her closet looked so much better because it was filled with things that fit her, that she liked, um, you know, it, and, and it fit her lifestyle too. Because I think too often, you know, as, as women and, and I think men too, we kind of buy things that fit the lifestyle we want to have instead of the lifestyle that we do have. Or um, we hold on to things that are, you know, ideal size instead of just being present with the size that we are and, and dressing for our bodies. So. I think it's really nice when I can go through a space with a client and, and focus on that piece and make their closet really work for them. Okay. So now I need to hire you to do my closet. Yes. Because I do definitely, it. <laughs> there's definitely some room for improvement there. Um, so you touched on this a, a little bit in the beginning, but um, you are a mother of two yes. and you own your own business. Yep. yep. Talk about that. I mean, there are challenges. Like you said, there's some pros that you get to be in charge of your schedule and mm -hmm. you're the boss, which is mm -hmm. always great, but it's not as glamorous as it seems sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love what I do. Every day I get to work with new clients and there's new challenges that present themselves. But I feel like this is what I was made to do. That and being a mom, which is something I <laughs> never knew. Um, but I love being a mom. And so I think that because what I do day in and day out is so fun, Certainly, there's challenges with owning your own business, but 90% of it is, is so great and exciting. Um, I think the, the biggest challenge is probably the fact that you're never done. You know, when you, when you work a, well, sales is kind of the same way, but you know, it, at certain jobs, it's like you do your job and you leave and, and maybe you don't have work to do at night. Whereas I feel like as a small business owner, there's a lot that I do myself. So the blogging on my website, the social media that I do, the, you know, sitting down for a podcast interview or other marketing efforts, I'm arranging all of those and then present for those. You know, there's always another coffee I could have or cocktail I could have with a prospective client or, or a realtor who might open doors for me. And so I think it's just the most important thing for me has been setting boundaries. So when I get home, at four or, you know, a little bit before I really, I try my hardest. I mean, it, it certainly doesn't happen all the time, but to put my phone away until my kids go to bed in the morning. I mean, it, it's kind of hectic at our house in the morning. Um, that makes all of us feel better. Yeah. It, yeah. The most sure. organized person's house, guys. It's for still sure. hectic. Like it's, it's still okay. very busy in the mornings. But again, I try to be really present with my kids and not work until our nanny comes. And, and so by setting those boundaries and really working, you know, a much more limited day than I've ever worked before, I've had to just be super efficient with what I'm doing and create a business that 
you know, fits this time of my life. For a while, I was doing some party planning, party styling for clients as well. And I, I did decide to remove that from my services because it was like I would come home from organizing all day, be with my kids, put my kids to bed. And then I had to plan events at night because I wasn't able to do you know the emailing and, and contract negotiations and things like that during the day. And so I was like, you know what's more important than this? sleep, yeah. um, spending time with my husband, yeah. you know, being able to wake up and work out and take care of myself. And so that was a decision I made. And I, I'm very thankful for that, you know, but it was very fun while it lasted too. So do you think you'll get back into that or what are, you know, I don't because I, I do some volunteer work that gives me the opportunity to kind of tap into those talents and, you know, get really creative. And so I feel like that's, that's a much better setup for me than having it be part of my services. I've had people ask me and I think they posted even in the comments on some of my um, posts about your work with us. Does she come to St. Louis? Is she in Florida? Do you have plans or dreams of broadening your scope? I think about that a lot. I, I have had one client in Ohio, but I would say that at this point with the ages that my kids are, I really try to keep all of my clients in like a, you know, maybe 45 minute or mile radius from Indianapolis. There are some awesome organizers out there though. So if anyone is in need, hit me up. I would love to, you know, kind of find somebody in your area that that fits the bill. But as far as expanding, I think about it a lot. Certainly, when you are one person, I have a couple subcontractors that do help me here and there. But when you're one person, there's a limit to you know how many clients you can serve, how many hours you can work. And so I do love the idea of having little bare minimalist crews going out all over the city or you know bigger than that. But then I also realize I probably wouldn't be able to do the hands-on work with clients that I love so much, and it would be more about running the business. And, you know, again, at this stage with little baby twins, I feel like I've got a really good thing going. And, and so certainly, sometimes I feel like I disappoint clients by how maybe how far out I'm booked, but we are always able to make it work. So and you have openings, you had an opening for me every once in a while, they pop up. But yeah, so it's worth the ask. Yeah, yeah for sure. So you're not necessarily thinking someday you're going to have storefront and lots of people. That's not really the dream. No, I mean, well, I would love to have my own product line sold at the container store um, <laughs> because oh, there are okay. certain sizes that are really hard to come by. And I feel like, gosh, can someone just make these? And if not, can I do it myself? I, I'm not really sure. Like, I, I do kind of see my business staying where it's at for the next couple years. And then, you know, maybe once those little 20s are in school, I'll revisit kind of what that growth pattern looks like. Right. That makes perfect sense. Um, we touched on it kind of, but Bear is your yes. last name, but it's not yep. spelled B-E-A-R. It's B-A-E-R. Yep. And yep. Um, talk a little bit about your kind of light bulb moment when you guys came up with the name. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, I was like toying with a lot of different ideas and it never occurred to me, honestly, to use my last name. And I was just chatting with a friend and he said, how about the Bear Minimalist? And I was like, done. I'm going to buy the domain today. I love it. Yeah. And it really, I think it sticks with people. There's a lot of buzzwords in our industry. And so I think it's easy to kind of, you know, fall into having a name that sounds a little bit like a lot of other companies. And so this certainly sticks out. And I, not only does it showcase my last name, but it describes what I do as well. Yeah. All the more reason why, like you said, this is like what you were born to do. Yes. And even then marrying the person with the great last who name. Knew? Right? Yeah. yeah. As someone who also uses their husband's last name on their business yep. card, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about your volunteer efforts and again about how we met at the at Women for Riley. Yep. Um, and you know, we're the Illuminate podcast. So we always like to ask about organizations or people that are illuminating the lives of others. Um, so now would maybe be a good time to just launch into to Women for Riley. Sure. So Women for Riley is a group I joined about three and a half years ago, but we are, we've been around for 11 years. And it's about 115 women that are active members right now from across Indianapolis. And we do a lot within the Riley Children's Hospital. So our big initiatives are 
what we call grants. So there's a a donation that you make as a member and all of that money is pooled together to be given as grants throughout the hospital. So that's a committee that I sit on and next Tuesday and Wednesday, I get the opportunity to hear from various groups throughout the hospital about how they would use some of the funds that we have available. So it's really impactful to see these doctors and nurses and music therapists and child life specialists talk about if they were given some dollars, how they would use those to better the lives of the families within Riley. One of the other big initiatives is volunteering on a monthly basis. So going in and and just giving these kids a sense of normalcy, a little break from some of the treatments that they're going through. So our volunteers, sometimes they're in the NICU holding babies. In other cases, they're doing crafts with kids in the child life zone. And so there's some really unique opportunities to connect with these kids that you otherwise wouldn't have. And then finally, we every year in May, we put on the Riley Cancer Center prom, which is limited to cancer center patients. And it's an, an invite-only opportunity. But it's something that we pour months and months of planning into as an organization. And we pull together this magical night down at the hospital and kids are kids and their families. I, sh- I should mention it's not just for the kids. They are able to bring their entire family and they get outfitted at, at what we call Promingdales. They get tux rental. They get a donated dress that, I mean, it's like shopping in a boutique, shoes, accessories. Then they come to day spa where they are spoiled. I mean, they it's like the ultimate self-care day. They get their nails done, their hair done. There's glitter all over the place. And finally, that night is prom. And it is just, it is so magical. A mother actually spoke at one of our recent meetings and she said, you know, it's, it's this one night to kind of forget about what's going on in our lives and just be a family together. And, and that's really remarkable, I think, to be able to give to the community in that way. And so, yeah, so we met through that. And that's something that I pour a lot of time into. Yeah, we I um, hadn't really done heard about Relieve and Women for Riley until a couple maybe it was last summer, mm-hmm. and so joined this past year, and I'm just so excited for prom because I've heard so much about it. We've obviously at these meetings heard parents come in and talk about the impact mm-hmm. that prom has, well, that Women for Riley and that prom has had on their lives and their children's lives mm-hmm. and their other family members who have come to, um, to, you know, to benefit from prom on on their lives. And so it's just really neat to think that we're going to be putting on an event that's that long lasting in people's minds and people who really just need the break, right? I mean, we go to the hospital and see the wagons and the kids and it's just, uh, it's it's a wonderful place. And we are so lucky to have Riley here in Mm -hmm, Indianapolis. mm -hmm. But man, it really puts life into perspective Mm -hmm. when you see the blessing that we've been given with healthy Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking forward to prom and I'm really glad that, yeah, I'm glad that we met at Riley women for Riley and we will put some information about women for Riley in the show notes um, on our website because applications for next year will be, what is it in the the fall? They're kind of always available, but um, new members join in August. Yeah. So if, if it's something you're thinking about, we have an awesome membership team that's happy to, you know, kind of walk you through it. And then we do a nice coffee sometime. It might be in August as well, but where you can kind of learn all about it. Yep. Yep. That's where I learned um, about it. So our podcast formed out of a monthly supper club. And um, we like to ask our guests if they have a recipe that they would like to share. Yeah. So my husband is really the cook in our household, but I have become very well known in my friend group for this savory sausage and cheddar bread pudding oh, that man. is a like it's a like a breakfast casserole. Um sounds really fat free. It is there are no calories in it. Um yeah, no guilt when eating it, but it's something you make the night ahead. So it's great when you have guests in town and um, need to have, you know, like a good hearty breakfast available the next morning. So I will gladly share that recipe. It's from Once Upon a Chef, who does some really awesome recipes out there. And of course, you would have something as your recipe that you prepare the night ahead, right? Yes, of course. You've got to be organized. Yeah. That's the other bane. Cooking is the bane then of my can, existence. Then you can like I'm make Bloody Marys and mimosas instead Absolutely. and sit back and relax with your guests. With so. your casserole, yeah. 
And um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but since you talk so much about reading, do you have a book or um, that you'd like to share? Yeah. So there is a book that I feel like really changed my perspective. It's called The More of Less by Joshua Becker. And it is a book about just how this dad, he had kids at the time, a wife, just kind of went full on minimalist. And there are so many good little nuggets in there about the amount of time he got back in his day and um, just how his entire lifestyle changed. And, and I think that it's just so interesting to read another person's perspective on it and put some of those pieces into play in your own life. And, and so this book is, I think it's a great read. So it's a biography? It's yeah, it's about his kind of own personal journey toward minimalism. Wow. Yeah. And okay, can you give us one tip not to put you on the spot even more that he gave that he took out of his day that helped? Well, they sold their house. Like oh, well, they that's sold their like l- much larger house for a smaller house. Um he has a follow-up book that's very much focused on being, you know, like maybe called clutter-free with kids. So Again, I, I think that it's just interesting to hear people's perspective on the fact that you don't need it all. Like you don't need this closet that's overflowing with clothes and you don't need every toy that comes out. You don't need every book because there are things called libraries where you can rent books. So I think it's just interesting to kind of read about, you know, another person's perspective and and try to implement some of those things into your own life. Yeah. The More of Less by Joshua Becker. Okay. We will definitely also link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Mariah, if you had one message to give to the world, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Well, this is a hard question. And and even having some time to prepare, I, I think the biggest thing is just when it comes to, you know, like how can you be happier with your existence, your time here on earth, I think it's just start today. You know, maybe it's just tackling one drawer that's driving you crazy or, you know, taking a few hours on the weekend to work through your closet, but it doesn't stop there because it's it's really about, I think, like conscious consumerism, you know, before you fill up your cart a target with all sorts of things that aren't on your list, you know, kind of try to think through, do I really need these things? And, you know, come equipped with a list or better yet, buy all of your things online and do curbside pickup so you're not tempted. I think there's a lot of things that we can do that, I mean, the less stuff you have, the less time you spend shopping, the less time you spend returning. I think the less stress you have from stuff, I mean, there's always going to be stress in our lives, but less stress from stuff. So I think it's start today and then just do a little bit every day. Start today. It's that easy. Pick a drawer, a cabinet, your pantry. It doesn't have to be a major project, but a little bit of organizing may feel therapeutic and lead to a less stressful way of life. We've put a ton of information from this episode in our show notes. So head over to our website, theilluminatepodcast.com to learn more about the Bare Minimalist services or to find an organizer where you live. If you guys are loving the show, we would gladly take a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Illuminate Podcast. See you next Wednesday, maybe slightly more organized.